this is where people have to sit down and do a budget for what the crop is going to possibly give them so i mean if you take maybe a two or two and a half ton crop of of spring barley and at this stage i'd be advising people to put it in for straw chopping scheme so you're looking at somewhere a budget of maybe somewhere in five five fifty maybe even six hundred euros an acre at best planting continues across the country with all farmers anxious to get planting without delay getting every management practice correct is essential to protecting yields on these late sown spring crops but we also need a little look on our sides to achieve high yields. You're listening to the latest episode of The Tilly Change with me, Michael Hennessy. We would really appreciate it if you could listen, follow, and give us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm joined again today by Kieran Collins and Shay Phelan, both tillage specialists in Chagas, to discuss crop agronomy and which crops are in need of attention first. Kieran, I want to come to you first. There certainly has been some planting on over the last couple of weeks. How much is there still left to be planted or in your part of the country? It's a little bit stop-start, but um, just, I suppose, on the road a good bit in the last few days and talking to people in the, in the trade, I would think that the kind of big spring barley areas are there, thereabouts. Uh, certainly will be, I'd say, by the weekend if it's if it holds anywhere fair. So the likes of, say, just East Cork, kind of North Wexford, that kind of Inniscorty area. I think those areas, especially with lots of malt and barley, they're there, thereabouts. Maybe not heavy field left to be planted. Um, maybe other areas then, if you take kind of take maybe South Wexford or maybe further back west, you know, into kind of west of Kinsale, that area, certainly a bit, a good bit more to be done in those areas. You might have just throwing a figure at it, maybe 25% left. But I think the big one is where there's kind of heavier ground. I think they're the, um, they're the ones that are still remain to be planted, you know. Yeah, talking about heavy ground, Shay, uh, what's it looking like further north? Yeah, not a good not a good story, I suppose, Michael, is the best way to put it um, in the northeast sort of direction that um, last week when a lot of the drier ground was was being worked, um, they were just sitting waiting for some of that heavier ground to dry out. And unfortunately, got, they got another belt of rain over the weekend. So depending on where you were, they got 40, maybe even 50, maybe even 60 millimetres of rain in some places over the weekend. So that really has put a full stop on work up there at the moment. Um, now, I do know there was a little bit of drilling done last week. And some of those guys are a little bit nervous now about water sitting on some of those crops. So it's, it's, it's not a good picture. I suppose, funnily enough, Talking to guys in the northwest and kind of west of the country, um, they didn't get the same amount of rain last week as what we would have got on the east coast. So there was a little bit of work done sort of in that northwest sort of direction. So it's it's a little bit better story over that part of the world. But yet, I suppose there's probably enough of the work still to be done in that northeast area uh, as of yet. So, Shay, as you're there, I'll ask you this in terms of, so if there's an awful lot of work still to go in the northeast, do you think people will persist with the crops they had planned for uh, and 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 or maybe switch to something else it's a very difficult question michael because i suppose a lot of those people in the lost farms in the northeast it depends on what markets they have locally so i would think their first default uh, position will be to try and get spring barley in um and i suppose failing that i suppose then they have to look at what other options they are whether maize might be an option or possibly even even fodder beet. Um, but I would say most farmers up that neck of the woods will still try and get spring barley in at this stage, albeit it's getting very, very late for it now. 
there's still a chance of achieving a margin or, or is it is the marginal to achieve a margin? It, it, it is marginal. And I suppose this is where people have to sit down and do a budget for what the crop is going to possibly give them. So I suppose back in the fag box sort of calculations here, I mean, if you take maybe a two or two and a half ton crop of, of spring barley and at this stage, I'd be advising people to put it in for straw chopping scheme. So you're looking at somewhere a budget of maybe somewhere around five, five fifty, maybe even six hundred euros an acre at best. So I suppose then you have to start working back from that. What is it going to cost you to establish it, harvest it, spray it, so on and so forth? So machinery costs probably going to be closer to 200, 200 euros an acre than one hundred and fifty where we traditionally used to be. So two hundred euros an acre for machinery costs, fertilizer costs probably something similar, probably up to two hundred euros an acre, um, and your seed cost then probably somewhere in the region of 50, 60 euros an acre. So there's four hundred and fifty, four hundred and sixty euros an acre potentially already gone in. Um, so readers leave, leave margins very, very tight on what you can spend then, say for herbicides and for fungicides. So it really is it's a probably in some cases it might be a break even sort of situation at best. But I suppose the the thing about it is you have to look at a long term thing uh, and look at trying to keep your land active as much as you possibly can, rather than leaving it fallow over the over the summer, which I don't think is an option. Okay, and, K- and Karen, from your side of it, down down your part of the country, is there is there any talk about more maize or beet coming into the system? Do you think not yet, Michael? Even though. You know, talking to a lot of livestock farmers, I think forage is scarce. I think a lot of people are kind of near the back wall of the silage pit and that. So I suppose in one way you would have expected that area to creep up. But again, feedback seems to be that sort of maintaining that area is probably a there, thereabouts where it is going to be. You know, I suppose, look, there's no maize or beet really sown yet of any consequence. Um, I suppose when soils heat up maybe after the weekend or that, you'd expect to see that. Um, but I would think at the moment anyway, sort of a uh, similar to, to to previous years. And I suppose just on, on those crops, like, I mean, you are looking at a massive investment, you know, as Shea was saying, looking at costs, like, I mean, maize is costing, say, in our figures, 2,200 euros a hectare. And that's without plastic. I mean, you can add another 250 on top of that if you if you include plastic, even though I think there is a general switch away from there are more of a switch towards maize in the open. And then beat, you know, I mean, you're 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 sorry, Karen, just, just to pick you up on a 250 an acre or a hectare for plastic. Sorry, a hectare, uh, an acre, Michael. I'm mixing mm. my 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 cost there. So you're talking about what's that 600 out a hectare? Well, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, you know, okay. so apologies, yeah, 600 for the plastic. So I mean, there is a swing. I think um, towards maize in the open and the department trials have been done in the open for the last number of years so there is a recommended list there but like always with maize it's purely down to the site you need a good site to grow maize in the open you know um, mm. and then similarly with beet like you're talking a massive investment you're talking about over 3,000 euros so a hectare so you know you need to have a market you know for that you need to be able to sell it like you just can't do it on spec so I think for those reasons Michael I think maize and beet are going to be pretty much as you are from previous years Okay and Karen, uh, in terms of some of the crops that are still to be planted and geez look I mean it's the 25th of April now, um, ground isn't exactly overly warm, um, so it's probably going to be two weeks at least before it's set or up. Is, is, is there any management that a grower should be doing as they're planting in that ground still to come in terms of, oh, I don't know, um, putting more seed, putting more nitrogen, putting less nitrogen, rolling it? I don't know. What's the 
what what, what would you think would would uh, some of the actions that would help to really uh, turbocharge it? I suppose get crops out of the ground as fast as you can and 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 to set them up as well as they can. I suppose nutrition is the first one. So I think it goes without saying, but just to say it like your NP and K if it's required has to go in the seed bed, incorporated. Um, you know, that's that's the first thing. Uh, secondly, I think there's a very strong case for putting nearly all the nitrogen in the seabed at this stage because, again, you know, if we do run into a dry spell, you know, to have that nitrogen there, I think, is 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 valuable. You're not worried about waiting for it to come up and then putting it on dry ground, you know, and, and then maybe not raining for a while. And I think just conserving moisture, if conditions are good enough, which they should be, you know, at this time of year, if you're sowing barley, they need to be good enough. Certainly rolling is important on top of that then to, you know, consolidate ground. I think they would be kind of the, the key ones for me. And just in terms of nitrogen rate, I suppose it's easy to say it like, but you're, you're kind of need to match nitrogen rate to crop potential. So, you know, if it's in a poor field, you know, we're talking about six and a half tonnes per hectare, 135 kgs per hectare you know seven and a half tons three ton crop you're adding another 20 kilos to that so again it's just being careful with the nitrogen you don't want to you certainly want to have enough to grow your crop but there's no point in oversupplying nitrogen if it's sown late and and you um you know you don't have the yield potential and i suppose the other one is just on seed um you know watch seed rates they need to be up now you've less time now for that plant to, de- to develop more shoots and tiller so that you'd need to be putting in probably 300 and trying to establish 325 seeds at this stage so just to keep an eye on seed rates as well they need to be a little bit higher when you're sowing late so in terms of nitrogen being a big one there Kieran, as you're talking about it so you're talking about in old money a little over 100 units but 120 would look excessive yeah, it, it depends on the potential, you know, I mean, if it's a high fertility field, maybe after, you know, good, you know, close to grass rotation, good rotation. I mean, look, tree tone is still, is still potentially there, like, but again, I, I suppose you are looking at the potential of the crop. There's no point putting out additional nitrogen on a crop that's that's not going to do. And I suppose maybe that's more applicable for people that are top dressing, because I suppose you can see what you have in front of you maybe as well in terms of plant count or maybe bits and pieces that are missing, you know. So Shay, we're, we're uh, I suppose, lots of farmers putting them in. As, as always, farmers are, are optimistic and hopeful everything's going to work out really right. And let's just say they do. Um, they're going to co- a lot of these crops are going to come up in the very long days of May, so um, you know growing conditions should be hopefully extremely good right from the off. Is there any management tips or what's the ideal way maybe to structure um, how some of these um, uh, management actions are all going to come together? Because I suspect as crops are start to grow, they will go through the the, the phases rapidly in comparison to uh, say the say the March sowing crops. Yeah, you're right, Michael. And we, we saw this previously in 2018, whereby crops were planted in late April and some of them into early May. And really what that does is it concertinas in the, the growing season for a much shorter condensed period. So you're right that there's probably a lot of jobs that are going to come on top of one another where normally you would have intervals that you would leave between different applications. That's probably not going to be the case this year for those, certainly those later sown crops. So if you take something like insecticides, if you know, most of these crops are now going to be what we just what we kind of call high risk from BYDV control. So that's probably the first thing you're going to look at at you know the three to four leaf stage. Um, do you leave it on a little bit later and go in with a herbicide? 
that's probably where a lot of people will probably go maybe leave it another week and put in a herbicide with that. And then, of course, you have to look at if you're putting in a herbicide, do you also need to control wild oats? And I suppose, as you rightly say, we're getting towards longer, we are getting longer days now, so crops are going to go rapidly. So the old, or not the old, but the advice really is that if you're putting in something like a sulfonylurea, Cameo Max, Cameo Max, Cameo Max or Ali Max type product for weed control, you would then leave it three weeks before you come back in with wild oats. The problem there is, I suppose, is that if you leave it three weeks at this stage of the year, by the time you come back in with the wild oats spray, you're going to have a very dense canopy and you may not get the good as good a control of wild oats as you would possibly get if, you, if, 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 if there were a longer growing season. So really, I suppose what's probably going to happen there, in a lot of cases, people are going to throw in the wild oats spray on top of the the herbicides, your broadleaf herbicides, and that's fine provided you, you keep your wild oat herbicide rate up. So the likes of Axial Pro, you're probably looking at a 0.5 a litre minimum, maybe even 0.6 if you have a very uh, problematic field of wild oats to make sure you get them all. Um, then, of course, look at, I suppose, the other thing people need to be looking at and just looking at crops today, there's quite a bit of trace element deficiency out there as well. Um, so, you know, you need to be looking at that as well. That's probably something that you need to treat earlier rather than later, trying to give the crops as best a chance they possibly can to farm as many tillers as they possibly can. And definitely if there's likes of manganese deficiency or magnesium deficiency, which tends to be very common at this time of year, they need to be sorted out as well. So there's, there's a lot of work to be done there in a very short space of time. And don't forget, you're going to have to look after disease as well. So it's something that, you know, when you're looking at these things, you want to be careful. Can you put them all into a tank? That's a very heavy load to put into any one tank. Um, you need to make sure if that's going to be the case and you're looking to try and do all that work in a very short space of time, that A, the crop isn't under stress when you're doing it because obviously that's going to stress the crop even more. And B, you need to look at the weather, the weather either side of those applications. I mean, we had a very heavy frost this morning. You don't want those sort of conditions when you're putting out a very heavy tank mix like that as well. So, you know, it's 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 something that's going to be case specific, but certainly people are going to have to try and look and see how they can manage those applications as best they possibly can. And so then you have some of those earlier sown spring barleys, many of which are looking extremely good and, and, and are probably moving on fairly well. What sort of stage are those crops at? And is there any management actions needed at this stage? There, um, yeah, those Michael, there are quite a few of those earlier sown crops that we're lucky to get them in, say, along the, the Barrow Valley and along the Slaney Valley and places like that on some of those lighter soils. Those crops now are mid-tailoring at this stage and they're probably some of the er even earlier sown ones are coming towards the end of tailoring. Um, and again, most of those are looking quite quite good. Um, pretty good establishment in most of them now. There's odd places where water lay that's, you know, is a little bit patchy and stuff like that. But for the most part, they're quite good looking at the moment. Um most have to get in a uh, herbicide yet. Looking at some of the farm or going around some of the farm walks we were on last week, very few had a herbicide on those crops yet. So they're going to get a herbicide probably this week. And again, actually, it's funny enough, but similar to the later sown crops, people are now having the argument or not have the discussion that because they couldn't actually get in and spray those crops until last week or this week, do you put your wild oat herbicide on top of that again? Because again, if we wait three weeks, those crops are going to be very, very thick by the time they come back. So it's funny enough that in a lot of those cases, they're going to have exactly the same issue in terms of controlling wild oats with your, with your um, herbicides as well. And, don't, and looking at some of those crops as well, there's quite a bit of magnesium deficiency out there as well. So it's funny enough how those crops are, are 
almost in the same scenario as some of those later crops probably will be in three weeks to a month's time. So it's actually uh, those those crops are are they're while they're moving on well, there's still a few issues in them as well. Um, although to be fair, there's no disease in them yet, so they look to be quite clean so far. So, so there's a, um, a, a certainly a bit of planning and management. Uh, yes, it them. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without a shadow of it. To follow up on Shays, when they are just on disease, I think it's it is worth noting in my travels today. I did come across Rinko in Planet that was sown there. I'd be guessing probably the early days of March, you know. So I, I, I think those early sown crops, especially Planet that might be gone in for malting, there is a high disease risk there. And I, I you know, I'd be I'd be very cautious on that one, you know, because if Rinko takes off, Planet isn't great, you know, and certainly Netplatch would be a threat as well. You're going to burn off some of those lower tillers. So I'd be just keeping an eye on that disease one, I think. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point as well. Here and again, moving on, maybe back to the winter barley's. Uh, some of them have have advanced pretty quickly uh, over the last, I suppose, couple of weeks since we were talking. And some of the winter wheats, I suppose, are coming to some of the main fungicides. What are you seeing in terms of growth stages out there, and and, and also in terms of disease levels? In a general sense, you're seeing anything from growth stage 32 in winter barley up to I saw ons peeping this morning. So um, look, some of those early ones, the ones that with ons peeping was Joyo and it was sown probably in the last days of September. So that's probably look as advanced as you're going to get. So but the final fungicide timing will creep up on us very, very quickly. So I think that's to be planning for that at this stage, really. Even those ones that maybe are at, you know, flag leaf emerging at this stage, you know, that that final fungicide timing will creep up very, very quickly, certainly in the first early days of May for, for some of those crops. So, you know, I think that's that's the first thing on winter barley. Disease levels vary. I think those that were able to get in a little bit earlier, more timely, those crops were generally not too bad, but there's certainly a proportion of crops out there that farmers weren't able to get in and it's quite easy to find disease in, in some of those. So, you know, I think be lining up the final spray at this stage, it'll have to be falpit for malaria and then, you know, an azole, which will probably be a proline plus an SDHI, I think will be will be probably the, um, the go of a lot of those. Is there is there any level of um, uh, PGR or, or, or height reduction needed on any of these crops or are they all pretty well done? Certainly, no, they're not all done. And again, a kind of growth stage, really, I suppose, you know, look, I'd weigh up the risk for a start. Does it need to be done? What's the total nitrogen? What's the, the shoot number looking like? Um, you know, if it needs to be done, certainly get it done in around flag leaf timing, like those ones with on emer- ons emerging, which are very rare. But look, um, they're they're gone too late at this stage. But uh, but certainly there is an element of of growth regulation probably still to be done in 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 some crops. All right. And 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 the winter wheats then? What how are they looking down your part of the road? So winter wheat is looking okay. Um, I suppose growth stage wise, we're we're obviously targeting leaf tree fully emerge for that that first vital fungicide. So um, from what I'm seeing, and from the first of October up to kind of the fifteenth of October, uh, I would say around the bank holiday weekend would be a good average for 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 those. There's bits of variation, but I think some of them are are there already. A lot of them will be in around the weekend or the early days of next week. Uh, and then look, you have some later crops after that, but they'll obviously be a bit later. So in terms of disease um, in the crops I'm seeing, you're seeing quite a bit of septoria on leaf five in general. Um, some odd crops, particularly maybe early sown ones, there's little bits on leaf four, but I'm to be honest, I'm not seeing I'm seeing very little disease on, on leaf four so far, okay. but certainly quite a, a bit of disease on, on leaf five in places. 
Uh, so you're looking at the big guns then in terms of trying to trying to tidy up the, that disease in the first fungicide. Yeah. It's it's to be honest, it's it's probably for those type of crops we're talking about. Uh, there's there's little enough flexibility really. We're probably talking about something either Revisol or one of the Inatrek formulations. I think it's one or the other. There possibly will be scope maybe for some later planted crops, maybe to use maybe some of the older chemistry. But I think for where where the pressure is high, I would say probably you know Revistar or Inatrek based ones there for the first one. An eighty percent rate or greater. Uh, sure. Look, it depends on the de- disease pressure again. If you're if you're looking at you know some of those ones with bits and leaf four, I think you're certainly up near full rate. To be honest, a um, okay. little bit more scope if if disease disease levels are lower, back to maybe 80 percent. But depends on the field, really. Okay, Shay, you seen something similar up the country uh, in terms of disease levels? Would your rates differ maybe much to Kieran's? Not not hugely. I mean, again, very as Kieran rightly says, it's very crop specific. Um, certainly been in some of those earlier planted uh, crops, and yeah, there's plenty of septoria knocking around in them. And like that, I don't think I'd be inclined to cut my rates too much. Um, there's been a very wet April, very wet March, so there's probably not a lot of inoculum knocking around. So you know, disease will spread very very quickly. I think if 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 the weather goes wrong for us in May. So I suppose, yeah, I don't think I'd change the rates a whole lot from what Kieran is saying. The one thing I would do uh, is I would make sure that leaf three is, is fully emerged on those crops. Certainly I was looking at crops yesterday and there's a lot of variation within crops, depending not only on the sowing date, but on when they got fertilizer in the spring. And some crops would have got it on time and more were later. So I suppose the one thing I would say to people is if you're looking at crops, make sure that is that leaf three that you're targeting, that you're seeing actually in the crop, rather than just going out and spraying willy-nilly. And if I can come back to one point on the growth regulators, Michael, you made a point earlier on about growth regulators. I don't know what the story is in other parts of the world, but certainly up around here, very few crops were rolled. So that's kind of forming a lot of 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 programs here that people don't want crops going down because they weren't enrolled, stones weren't picked, so they don't want to be picking up um, crops off the ground, if at all possible, because obviously that's going to make harvesting very, very difficult. So again, I suppose up around this part of the world, a lot of growth regulators are going on crops at the moment as well. Okay. So guys, we'll be back again in a couple of weeks' time again. I'd love to discuss this again to see how all these crops are, are, are getting on. Do you have any maybe parting words which might help farmers through this difficult period? Shay, do you want to go first as you were talking last? Um, I suppose, Michael, uh, is not to panic. I mean, quite often when you get to a late season like this, people rush into conditions that are probably less than ideal, certainly up on those heavier soils. You're always better off to wait for the conditions to be right before you go and drill them rather than mucking them in because they tend to be your worst crops then later on the season if they dry out. So wait for your soil conditions to be right before you do any work at the moment is probably my best bit of advice for people. Kieran, last word to you. Oh, last word. I, I always finish with this one. Walk your crops. You know, I just, I, I'm, you know, you just couldn't walk your crops enough. You see so much when you walk from one end of the field to the other. Like Shay spoke there about the leaf tree timing being right. And you just see such a variation within a field. You see, you get to assess different disease levels. And the other one you get to see is, you know, bits of weeds that you may have missed, like stuff that you won't see when you're driving through it with the, with the tractor and sprayer, or maybe it's too late at that stage. So just walk your crops, get in around them. I think that's the best advice I could give, I think. Guys, as ever, thanks very much for your for your time. It's great to get that insight in terms of crop management for the next couple of weeks. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael. So that's it for this week. And my thanks to Kieran and Shay for joining me on the show. Keep an eye out for your local Chagas crop walk coming up in late April and early May throughout the country. 
These walks will go through critical crop agronomy needed for crops in 2023. For more details, go to chagas.ie forward slash events. Finally, don't forget if you enjoyed the podcast and recommend it to a friend or colleague, and as always, rate, review and follow on Apple or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.